0: Friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Life Radio fm it's the mark and mag show another gorgeous day in the neighborhood if you like hot muggy and temps in the mid-90s <laughs> yeah it's funny we were yeah. talking about that yesterday and we and uh when we both
1: you looked at it first and then i went over and looked at it and it looked like they had changed the forecast so it was only going to be like in the low 90s like 91 92 right. and yesterday yeah. it still hit 95
0: 96 yep. some places higher oh yeah you know they just they lied. That was that was where the different chamber of commerce groups in Alabama That's called right. James Spann in Birmingham said, You change this. Change it now. <laughs> the weather channel was compliant. Oh sure, whatever you want. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> just as long as you don't ask us about global warming. Oh so, man. But hey, but one little aside, Mark. Yeah. I'm just I'm throwing this out there, you know, because it happened on uh, Don Don Lemon. Oh, uh, you know Don <laughs> Lemon on CNN. He actually uh, spent time in Birmingham, mm-hmm. Alabama, yeah, uh, as a reporter. And uh, Don Lemon is a liberal pinko commie uh, who believes that he's a victim of everything. Right. And bless his heart, he actually did something that I thought it was a legitimate thing i i almost wanted to defend him i've never really wanted to defend hmm. don Lamont. Hmm. but yesterday um the new press secretary um oh what is her name something Jean pierre uh, yeah, i know yeah. karen yeah karen Jean pierre okay she kareen or is it karen or kareen i don't know <laughs> with a last name like Jean pierre right. you know she's got to be one mm-hmm. heck of a press secretary right with a name like dog vomit <laughs> and monkey Puss, It's got to be some great jam. Anyway, yeah. she's the White House press secretary and uh, fairly new at the job. Yeah. And she got a question from Don Lamont last night, yesterday. Really? And it was in Lamont. Yeah. Don Lemon actually asked a question. Does the president, talking about Biden, does the president have the stamina physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Hmm. And this is a legitimate question. The man is seventy nine years old, and we sure. all know some people they are in their seventies, and you'd think they were in their fifties. Right. Other people in their seventies look like they need to go ahead and get in the casket. You yeah, know. Yeah. And,
1: uh, and I've had been, relatives of both. Yeah. We we're and we're watching the man deteriorate every time we see him.
0: So, right. Yeah. Really and is, I funny. think that's a legitimate question. But it do you know is. how she answered him? She actually said this, Don you're asking me this question oh my gosh he's the president of the United States wow like, wait well, wait a minute that wait a minute that's not an answer <laughs> no know, it's not <laughs> my goodness it hasn't I mean I know it has been 40 years but do you remember when Ronald Reagan first became president and yeah. everything was about his age everything you know yes Oh, they and now talked about79. Yeah, and he was. Hmm. I mean, I, the last couple of years of Reagan, I'm serious. I think he was holding tight to those jelly beans, man. Yeah, but, but yeah, you, you, know, you think to about compare it. Nothing to what's happening now, though. Uh-uh. No, Biden is 79, and I'm not kidding. There are days when I think he's got a wire on his chin with peanut butter <laughs> and Mr. Ed, man. <laughs> Life Radio FM, Mark and Mag Show, and you know, Mark, when uh, when you were a kid, and you're you're a couple of years older than I am, and that those years change a lot of things. I've noticed it with Ladonna because I'm a couple years older than her, yeah. And there are certain things of my young years, like that five, six, seven, eight time, that she doesn't even know about because she was, you know, just a ba- she was, you know, four or five years younger than me, right. And so I think of that sometimes with you, like when Scooby Doo the cartoon. Mm. was a big saturday morning thing yeah it was around 1970 71 72 i think yeah and i was on the it was a lot of my friends watched it you know were you too old for it or were you watching uh, the original uh, well
1: let's see 71 72 i would have been um i would have been like junior high seventh, right. grade, seventh so eighth grade something like that yeah so yeah i watched it i remember watching okay it. yeah Really, and I would have got away with it too if it weren't for those kids. But (laughs) (laughs) but, oh wow, I I do remember it. Yeah, the old ones. I've seen the cookie lighthouse keeper. That's right, and I've seen the iteration since then and gone, wow. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was a whole lot better when I was a kid. But then again, that's I, I just, think true of everything, you know.
0: But that's because Shaggy, the voice of Shaggy, was done by Casey Kasem, who right. was American Top Forty and just oh, yeah. everything. But anyway, so now the Mystery Machine from Scooby Doo has been listed on Airbnb. Yeah. You know, we had a story not too long back about vans being
1: listed on Airbnb in New York City. Yeah. You remember that? Well, guess what? Now you can rent a van in California. The the mystery machine from the 2002 live-action Scooby-Doo film is available for three overnight stays in Southern California on Airbnb. Airbnb announced the mystery machines being listed for three one-night stays June 24th, 25th, and 26th to celebrate the 20th anniversary of that movie's release. The van is decked out with 2002 throwbacks, including a Sugar Ray album and a portable CD player, a lava lamp, and a vintage TV for late night viewing of Scooby-Doo, of course. (laughs) The stay also comes with meals and snacks, mystery games, and a virtual greeting from host Matthew Lillard, who played Shaggy in the movie and the sequel. He said, I've been channeling Shaggy since the live action adaptation in 2002, and he's been part of me ever since. Um, I can't wait to welcome guests into the world of the Mystery Incorporated gang as their Airbnb host and give them a summer vacation they'll never forget. Monsters not included. Uh, <laughs> the Mystery Machine is available for booking starting June 16th. That's this Thursday at 1 p.m.
0: So how much? I don't know. I mean, You'll have to go to Airbnb easy. to find out are they going to park it on a street you know and you got to fight off the homeless people are are we are we parking this you know next to you know think park it in downtown hollywood that
1: would be that would be it man Uh, that would be rough yeah I i mean you you would think you know the walk of fame the stars the chinese theater Uh this. yeah it'd be perfectly safe there no (laughs) no it wouldn't (laughs)
0: there there are certain parts of that area that are okay in the middle of the day when there's a lot of tourists yes you know yeah you got to be careful because you know just ask danny bonaducci or eddie murphy (laughs) any guy that has ever tried to pick up uh a young woman of the night and found out she was a man you know that's a man baby LifeRadio.fm, the mark and max show and you know mark over the weekend i almost sent you a heads up on this i just didn't want to bother you because yeah. i didn't know what your weekend was like i knew what mine was like and i thought if anybody bothers me they're gonna really meet the bad side of dave today so i didn't <laughs> want to reach out to you in case that was you you know but i saw this thing about how um spider-man crashed at disney and i mean it's a robot spider-man but the whole thing not the fact that it crashed. Okay. That's the reason there was a story. Right. But I didn't know about this. And yeah. I thought this would be the coolest thing to see. Yeah. The the, I, the videos I've seen of it are absolutely
1: amazing where they, they basically, they launch this, um, it's an animatronic robot. They launch it and it does flips through the air and then lands on a, some, on the rooftop, you know, out of sight but it's yeah. dra- it's, it looks like Spider-Man is, has, has flung himself through the air from one place to another in this little area uh, at Disney. And it's just incredibly cool. And it's it's, a, it's in a place called the Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. Uh, well, it was, it was out of commission for a few hours because Spider-Man went off course and had a little wreck he crashed into the side of the building instead of hitting the top of it he hit the side of it visitors to the attraction captured video last thursday when um, web slingers a spider-man adventure the show there ended prematurely with this full human-sized spider-man robot crashing into the building he was supposed to land on top of the show was pre-programmed with a re, yeah, with a message that plays in case of accidents. It said uh, the message says the web facility is not equipped with airbags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, a Disneyland representative said repairs were made, and the show resumed later in the afternoon. A video tweeted by the Disneyland News Today blog shows the Spider-Man robot swinging to the top of the building as intended after the repairs. I got a
0: feeling it wasn't repaired. It was just here's another one. They probably got three or four back there. Oh, they I would think they probably do. Yeah, yeah. You know, but all I could think of was I. I'm hey. I pictured this. I was trying to use my imagination instead of immediately going to the video because you yeah. know there's a million of them. Yeah. And I thought this is so cool. What they are? They being these um, creative types. When mm-hmm. you put creative people with actual technical people you right, know yeah. they're usually separate because the things that make somebody technical the attention to detail figuring out things to the minutiae those types of uh, things are not necessarily what a creative person is good at you right, know yeah they're good with the creative and so you get the creative and the technical together and this is what you have is something mm-hmm. that looks so real that's yeah, what Disney that people thought a dude crashed into the building Yeah, disney called
1: it imagineering which is yeah, which is a very a very appropriate table uh t- tag <gasps> or label Mark, for that.
0: Yes, as liberal as Disney is now, yeah, that's who's running Biden. <laughs> Life dot FM, the Mark and Mac Show, and you know we appreciate you joining us, and we do ask. Uh, if you get a chance to post this on social media, just say, hey, listening to the Mark and Mac show, FM," It's all we ask. <laughs> Maybe it's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> but if you're not listening to this, now think about it. You guys are. You're listening either to the podcast that is downloaded at 10 o'clock central time or you're listening in real time right now where it is June 14th, um, you know. And you would miss, think about this, the people who don't hear the show today are going to miss the story about how chefs have assembled over 600-pound hamburger in Mexico. Wow. Think about that. How different life would be to not know this, Mark. Yeah. A team of chefs at a festival in Mexico cooked up a
1: 629.4-pound hamburger, said to be the largest in the country's history. The chefs at the second annual International Hamburger Festival in Mazatlan worked together during the event, to cook the massive burger for about uh, ten minutes, organizers said the burger could be uh, would be cut up into portions and provided to local food charities. The burger was nearly double the size of the three hundred and forty-three point nine pound hamburger created at last year's festival. Organizers said this year's burger is set uh, has set a national record for Mexico, and they are making plans for next year's festival to be to feature a burger to beat the Guinness World Record. Of two thousand five hundred and sixty-six pounds nine ounces, that was set in Germany in
0: two thousand seventeen. Wow. And of course, if we were there, my wife would be like, "It's not well done." <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max Show, and you know, Mark, many's the time I've wondered about the uh, the punchline for the joke does a bear in the woods. Right. Yeah. And I've wondered, well, what about a bear in a dugout at a ball, a baseball game? You know, <laughs> because this headline says bear visits the dugout mm-hmm. at a minor league stadium in Tennessee. Yeah. My question is, is this real or staged? <laughs> I mean, when, you know, when Bill Beck sent up a midget to bat for the <laughs> Cleveland Browns back in the day with a <laughs> wiffle ball bat, you know, yeah. that was a stunt. Yeah. this could
1: be a this could be a you know one of the breaks between innings that they do at minor league games (laughs) yeah this could be a substitute Mm -hmm. for the baby races you know that's what i'm thinking yeah (laughs) well this this minor league baseball team in tennessee (laughs) has shared video of an unusual visitor to their dugout it was a black Mm -hmm. bear the asheville tourists
0: Do you love that name or not? I kind of do the Asheville tourists. (laughs) I think that's better than the Huntsville trash pandas. Okay. (laughs) Posted. They posted a video to Facebook showing a bear strolling
1: out of the dugout at McCormick field in Asheville. Um, (laughs) They say, uh, Hannah Martin, she's the assistant general manager for the tourists says, uh, once the bear was on the field, it walked around the warning, uh, warning track behind home plate into the visitors dugout and out through the ramp behind the visitors glove, uh, clubhouse. The bear left on its own into the wooded area behind the wicked weed brewing pavilion. Uh, She says it was the first time officials are aware of a bear visiting the inside of the ballpark. She said (laughs) officials don't know how the bear got into the stadium, but they suspect the animal may have approached from behind the outfield wall and entered through the home bullpen, which connects to the to the field. The Facebook uh, post jokingly referred to the bear as Ted E. Tourist. That's the
0: team's Bruin mascot. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Teddy Tourist man you know they have they do weird things in minor league baseball a lot of Uh, the time i don't i don't know if they do it as much now because it is you know it is what it is yeah there's everything costs so much now that they don't they don't get as crazy as they used to but that's true you know i remember when uh back in the day we're talking the mid 80s um in charleston south carolina i went to a, a minor league game And they played at a stadium that was actually not as nice as the high school stadium I played on, okay? Yeah. And this is a minor league baseball stadium in Charleston at the time. And I went there because I wanted to see one player in particular. Uh, It was Roberto Clemente Jr. Mm. I just wanted to see the man play because of his dad, you know. And um, the thing was is that while I was there watching this, I'm thinking, I wonder, you know, because you always wonder when you're watching minor league baseball, is this guy going to be good enough to make it? Um, back in Birmingham, the, uh, Birmingham Barons for many years, they sent, uh, and I, I don't know if they still have, but they had many players that came through there and made it to the, you know, the, uh, the major league club, yeah. um, Roberto Clemente jr. Never, never quite came out of the shadow, you know, of, of playing, you know, with that name. I mean, your dad is yeah. not only a great player, yeah. one of the hall, but he's also a legend, but anyway, You go to the minor league parks, and sometimes you can see those players whose dad was a major leaguer or whatever. And yeah, you know, that was kind of neat. It's amazing what you see. I I got to
1: see Michael Jordan play the Barons. Yes, wow. Yeah, you know, I was like forty feet away from him while he was holding on third
0: base, waiting to run in. I'm like, that's Michael Jordan. I I actually played Michael Jordan in basketball right before he became the Michael Jordan really? when he was just a fresh yep when he was just a freshman he was at Carolina and I was at NC State at the time. Wow. And uh they would the ACC players uh prior to fall workouts beginning they would they got they all knew each other and so they would get together at the different gyms because you have Raleigh Durham and Chapel Hill which is mm. NC State, Carolina and Duke. And so they would meet at different different stadiums along the way and play. Um anyway Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was very ugly. It, mm. it was very, yeah, it was very ugly. I mean, Mark. I bet it was. Very, very <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Yeah, not something. I shouldn't have been out there. They actually had me out there to guard Terry Gannon. Six foot white guy, white man disease, slow, couldn't jump, but he could right. shoot from half court and make it, you know. Uh-huh. Three point shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Before the thing is, when you're a three point shooter before they you know put it in the three point line, it's kind of tough on you. You know, it's like, <laughs> and there's Gannon from the parking lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, Dave guard <laughs> the like Dave guard the other white guy, you know. <laughs> Life radio FM, Mark and Mac Show and you know, as uh, as days go by, just heed the warning. Hot, muggy. Yeah. If you're in Alabama today, actually, I don't even know what it's like in other parts of the country right now, because <laughs> I just remember yesterday morning walking out the door, going, "No, <laughs> no, come on." Same thing. It's happened the to middle me. of the night. Come on. <laughs> after Yikes. the show, I walked out after the show
1: yesterday. I opened the door, walked outside, and it's like this huge well, hot
0: wet blanket hits you Just, well if you guys remember mark i don't know if it was on the air but you were talking about you know i'm gonna get to my yard today when i get uh, home because right. you know the weather's gonna get gonna hotter get, each day this yeah, week I'm gonna and, mow some grass yeah no yeah didn't. and so nah. <laughs> i figured I, I was hoping it wouldn't it was like all i could think of was mm-hmm. dude it's okay It's okay for it to be a little long, you know? It's going to (laughs) be. Yeah.
1: It's going to be. I'm thinking maybe, maybe Saturday I can get to it. I don't know. Well, I I may make the neighbors mad Sunday morning before church. Oh, yeah. Go out and mow the grass before church. Wow. Early.
0: That's always the way to, well, let's see. For highs, uh, let's see, today, 95, tomorrow, 96. (sighs) thursday 95 friday 97 Mm -hmm. yeah let's see the lowest temperature we have will be on saturday when it and sunday it'll be 94 those days right wow those are our
1: lows listen i'm not saying it's really hot but we had we had a a a dish for dinner last night that's cooked in the crock pot i just set it out on the deck you know yeah (laughs) it cooked during the day out on the deck
0: Life radio dot FM, Mark and Mac show. You know, we were joking around about the heat and yeah. well, we, it's because there's nothing you can do about it. I yeah. mean, it is what it is, but you know, Mark, we had, if you remember, and it's been many years ago, I'm thinking around 2007, maybe that we had a string of days. It was when there was the huge fire going on in Florida mm. and we had some of the smoke made it up to the Birmingham metropolitan area and. We actually had, I think it was 40 days or more, of over 100-degree temperatures. Yeah. Um, not something that's common for us. We do yeah. get hot. There's no doubt about it, oh, but yeah. not like that. And uh, and it, it isn't the dry heat that we talked about yesterday <laughs> no. out in the high desert. No. 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 Ours is the swamp, you know? It really is. Oh. Like I said a while it's
1: like, ago, it's that wet blanket, that hot, wet blanket. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you walk out the door and... <laughs> Yes, oh Go back in. Oh, it's awful. It's just terrible. Yeah. So anyway,
0: well here's here's something I wanted to tip you on. Um a British man hmm? it when I think of heat, I think of tortillas. I don't know why that is, Mark, but okay. it's just hey, hot weather, tortilla. Hot hmm. weather, tor- Man. Anyway, a British man throws a tortilla more than ninety feet for wow. what would you think? The Guinness World Records. Yes, it's a Guinness World Record. What is it? It's a major award. Shucks, I want to know, Dad. It looks
1: like a lamp. You know, I rearranged my buttons, and that thing's not in the same place it used to be. So oh, no. I, I have to go, where is it? Where is it? Which is why I'm babbling beforehand. The button used to be uh, here, and now it's over here. Okay. A British man put his frisbee-tossing skills to the test by breaking the Guinness World Record for throwing a tortilla. Yes, There's a world record in the Guinness books for throwing a tortilla. Oliver Miles told Guinness world records. He decided to attempt the world record after watching a YouTube video while he was in COVID-19 lockdown. He says attempting this gave me something to focus on during lockdown, which really helped my mental health. And actually breaking the world record will really prove those efforts weren't in vain. He managed a distance of 90 feet, 11 inches. He says, it's a funny feeling. It's a super silly world record. I can't believe I'm the person who can throw a tortilla the furthest in the world. (laughs) Miles said the record stood at 30 feet 1 inch when he originally decided to break the record. That mark was bested in the meantime by serial record breaker David Rush. You know Uh that guy. yeah? He's got over 250 world records or something like that. He achieved a throw of 54 feet 5 inches. And Rush's mark was again beaten before Miles managed to take the top spot. Wow,
0: so we've got dudes that are really focused on how far can I throw a tortilla, mm-hmm, you know yeah, the guy said it's a funny feeling it's a super silly world record. I can't believe I'm the person who mm-hmm. can throw a tortilla the furthest and Mark, I'm saying, you know, that might be the record I go for, <laughs> just so that he can say, well, now I'm in second, you know. <laughs> Never thought of throwing tortillas unless no. they were thrown towards my mouth. Eh, me either. Just think about all the energy, the time, and the effort
1: these people are putting into setting these world records. If they could just mm-hmm. apply all of that
0: energy <laughs> and time to good somehow. <laughs> Life Radio. FM, Mark and Mag Show. And when I would talk about unidentified flying objects Mm -hmm. or chemtrails or any number of things, I would get mocked by people. And I oftentimes would think they just don't know, Hmm. you know, we we mock what we don't understand. And people don't, if you don't research something like chemtrails, you don't know the difference between chemtrails and contrails. There is a difference. Mm -hmm. And I've had people that are intelligent, nice, educated people who have really mocked me hard for that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you if you're not going to get informed because, you know, it's a waste of my time. Well, the same thing about UFOs. I'm not going to argue with you over what I saw. You know, I've seen on three different occasions, something I could not identify. I'm not saying it was an alien spacecraft where a guy's going to pop out and say, I proclaim this planet for <laughs> Mars. You know, or I'm not saying that. Take you know. me to your leader. It's just, right. <laughs> but I've seen on three very specific occasions, things that I did. They didn't make me go, Hmm. It made me go, LaDonna, where are the kids? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> When a Texas city shares a photo of an unidentified object outside the zoo, I'm just saying I'm not immediately in mocking mode. No, no, maybe you're not. (laughs) I knew you would
1: be. (laughs) Officials in a Texas city are asking for the public's help identifying an unidentified object caught on security cameras outside the city's zoo. The city of Amarillo posted a photo to Facebook, uh, Facebook last Wednesday showing what appears to be an oddly dressed person wandering outside the gates of the Amarillo Zoo at about 1:25 a.m. on May 21st. Is it a person with a strange hat who likes to walk at night? A, ch- a chupacabra? Do you have any do you have any ideas what this UAO unidentified Amarillo object could be? Wow. <laughs> uh, Michael wow. Kashuba The city of Amarillo's director of parks and recreation said officials, city officials, want members of the public to submit their theories. He says it's definitely a strange and interesting image. Maybe Amarillo can help solve the mystery of our UAO. He said local authorities do not believe any crime was committed. Quote, it is. Also important to note that this entity was outside of the Amarillo Zoo. There were no signs of attempted entry into the zoo. No animals or individuals were harmed. There were no signs of criminal activity or vandalism.
0: I think it was Rob Conrad that was there to make sure they weren't hurting any animals, you know? <laughs> That's what I think. That's a little inside joke. <laughs> little. That one's so far inside, we don't even own the key, okay? Mark and I know this guy who's a radio guy who's a huge vegan and then just yes. an animal protector, and he bought a car wash, and Mark yeah. and I used to make jokes about going to McDonald's and leaving half-eaten hamburgers in there and taking yeah. it at a time where we knew that Rob was the only guy working in the thing right, just to yeah. say, hey, can you clean them? And there's some meat on the grill up front. I don't know if it was a dog, cat, or cow, but can you eat? Th- and save what you can. Save the big parts. I'd like to grill out later, right. you know?
1: But there was that contest. Oh, my. <laughs> Uh the The dog tossing. The dog toss.
0: Yes. (laughs) It was that look, they were trying to spike the morning show ratings because they'd kind of leveled off. So they got a (laughs) comedian to come in a couple of days a week to just poke some fun at things. And they were doing it the man on the street thing, Mm but it's been done since the fifties, you know, the man on the street. And Mm -hmm. they had the comedian out on the street in a theater of the mind. They were tossing dogs, okay? And he played it up really hard, and the whole thing was to go all morning and then say it was hot dogs. Okay, right, that yeah. was the whole point. People that came by knew that's what it was, and they yeah. all got a prize. I mean, here's your hot dog. But Rob, I mean, and it was planned for an entire morning show. You know, two or three hours worth right. of pro- air in promotion time and all. I mean, it was there was a lot that went into this theater of the mind. Yep. The first break was probably at six eighteen. At six eighteen and twenty seconds, Rob couldn't help himself. <laughs> friends we're not really tossing dogs we wouldn't do that we would never hurt a dog like what <laughs> Well, are <laughs> hot dogs there goes the public interest <laughs> every minute it was like what Rob <laughs> the Mark and Mac show liferadio.fm the Mark and Mac show and Mark and I have not talked about monkeypox, and the reason is <laughs> yeah. I can barely say it without laughing. Monkeypox oh, yeah. just sounds like something made up, Mark. It, does, it really does. does. It really does. Yeah. But, and as we have seen, you know, it, I look. I'm not paranoid, but it doesn't mean they're not out to get you. But you know, Mark, <laughs> you and I have talked about many things over the years, and yeah. what the politicians around the world did with COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. and you know that whole. I I never used to buy into the crazy, you know, yeah. uh, the Uh, how there are, you know, the elites that want to, you know, get rid of half the population and think that only 500 million people should inhabit the earth and all that. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that was garbage, but in the last 10 years of looking at some things, it's like, you know, it's a little tough to deny. There are people that believe that, you know, and when you look at some of the things that they have done, you know, they being these oligarchs that it's a little tough, but As soon as the COVID-19 thing, you know, they they got that and they kept it going for a while. And if you remember, as most of us had moved on with our world and realized that it was a scam, that they tried that one last thing. Oh, wait a minute. There's another strain of COVID. You got to watch out, you know, and we got to remask and all that. And the people just didn't go. I mean, there were certain liberal cities that did it, mm-hmm. but the backlash was pretty strong from the people going, no, nah, you're idiots. You know, right, yeah. we gave it to you last time. We're not giving it to you again. Yeah. And so as soon as they realized that they had, well, who's in the, what it's on the on deck circle, Monkeypox, pox, you know? <laughs> and so they bring it out. Well, in Great Britain. The UK health, uh, I guess, What's it called? The UK, uh, health security agency. I yeah, think is what whatever it's called. It yeah. Anyway, um, they oh, did the, a survey. Isn't it the NIH, the, the national Institute of health? Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Well, I guess. Okay. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, they did, um, a study, um, on monkeypox and, uh, they found that in, you know, just this random case study, uh, that out of 152 participants, um, 151 of them were men who identified as gay or bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, survey found that 311 cases were men, with just three confirmed female cases. Mm -hmm. Think about that for just a minute. Yeah. You know, because if you remember when the uh, AIDS thing hit in the early eighties and, uh, you know, the liberals said, no, this is not a gay, you know, drug disease. This is a real It's going to affect millions, blah, blah, blah. And like, well, once they cleaned the blood supply, you know, we did lose some major, you know, very famous people. Arthur Ashe comes to mind, you know, because he had heart surgery and blood supply hadn't been cleared at that point. So he died of AIDS. But anyway, um, you look at what's going on and and monkeypox is right back in that same Mm -hmm. boat. Now it is So just (laughs) throwing it out there in
1: in a different uh a different thing they uh, a couple of different things i saw in the last okay. week or so where they were trying to redistribute or get a whole lot more masks out because they were trying to prevent monkeypox right monkeypox is not airborne it's yep. it has to come from physical contact you actually have to make physical skin-to-skin t- contact with somebody in order to transmit or receive monkeypox yeah that's the way it's done and yeah. the the event that initiated the initial spread to the uh, a large number of people was happened in Belgium and it was a, a gay rave. Mm-hmm. It was a huge gay party mm-hmm. where people yep. were having physical contact of a nature. I will leave to your imagination. Yes. Uh, uh, uh. So that's <sighs> what, that is how it was originated. And so it's, it's impacting the gay community, the, the gay male community. Right. and, they're, they're, trying to po- they're trying to portray it as the next pandemic and frighten right. people, you know, and you, you need to know the truth, know the facts. Yep. The fact is that if you're not participating in that lifestyle, odds are
0: it's never going to touch you. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. It is a glorious day because we're up, we're breathing. We got a chance at life today. Yeah, You know, Mark, a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the rigmarole of the world we live in, you know, and you and I both have at times gone down a really um, current events, political issues Mm, driven day. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I have just for myself, just for me, is that knowing all of what is going on and knowing the truth does not mean you're that people are going to agree with you i mean they just <laughs> you can have a conversation with somebody you respect and like and you realize that they are not into this at all they have <laughs> yeah, right. they, they don't want to know i mean this you're talking about people that you really you know they're good in business you know they're good at you know and and they're dealing with their family y'all have fun going to church together the whole nine and then you start talking to them and you realize this person might not know who the vice president of the united states <laughs> is right now you know true yeah and that's a lot of people in that. Yeah. I think, I don't think that's a healthy thing, but also I realize that, you know, you and I, when you do dig in and you realize, wait a minute, how are they getting away with this? Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to because it's all they do. These people in power, they do think they are better than us. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually can write laws that protect them from things they'll put us in jail for. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, the. And this is across the board, Republican, Democrat, whoever in the House of Representatives. They wrote a law that allowed them as members to use insider information that they had about what was going on with different businesses on Wall Street, that they could use this information and invest their money. Okay, Mm -hmm. which if you and I do it, um, we end up, if we're convicted, going to jail. Um, Just ask the chubby woman who used to be a model when she was younger and now she does all the home stuff. Martha Stewart. That's what she went to jail for. Okay. Insider trading. She found out some inside information at a Christmas party that a company that she owned some stock in was not going to have the kind of fourth quarter they expected. And when the numbers were released, it was going to cause the stock prices to drop for them. Hmm. So she uses this information at a Christmas party and she Sells her stock in that particular company. Well, two things happened. One, somebody ratted her out. Two, the, the person who told her that information actually either was lying or was misinformed because it didn't happen. The fourth quarter ended up being good and she lost money by selling short. So she lost money on the deal, got convicted of insider trading, and ended up going to prison. Wow. None of that could happen to an active member of the House of Representatives because. They wrote a law that protects them from that. Mm. I'm not that when you write a law that protects you, but convicts your constituents. Come on. Yeah. That that's all of them. Mm -hmm. It's not any one. It's all of them. Yeah. That that's what I think of when we talk about these people, Yeah. they're criminal and they're not to be trusted. Mm. I've, I've called any of them. I've called them criminals for
1: years. And yeah, it's funny. I've had people say, well, you shouldn't talk about these people. Really? Really? I, when you say that to me, what that tells me is that you're not paying attention,
0: you Mark. Know, you're not paying it's attention. It's just like Don Lemon last night <laughs> yes, on CNN. Yes, exactly. When he asked you know the uh, the the spokesperson, the you know, media press secretary for the president, he said, you know, is his health okay? You know, how is he? Yeah. And she's like, he, he's uh-huh. the president. You can't ask that, right? What? Exactly. We're we're, what? Dealing,
1: we're dealing with a group of people here. You 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 know you you just detailed this thing about how they'll, they're looking out for themselves and not for anybody else. They'll put you in jail for things they can get away with. Right. Yeah. These are people who wholeheartedly, honestly believe that you need them, that yep. without them, that your life would be in shambles, that you'd be, you know, metaphorically running into the ditch all the time because you need them to guide your life. That's what these people truly believe. They believe that they are the intellectual elite and you need them. And if you don't think that's true, just think about the number of times you have watched a press conference and one of these people has answered a question from the press saying, well, you clearly don't understand how these things work. Right. (laughs) How many times have you heard that? And that tells you, well, you don't understand. They honestly believe that they're the ones with the keys to all of this elite intelligence and they are important and we need them because we don't know how any of this stuff works well that may be true to the degree that we don't understand how the criminal enterprise that's going on in washington dc works but we do understand if we've done some study how our country is supposed to work and we can clearly see it ain't working that way
0: liferadio.fm mark and mac Show beautiful day in the neighborhood if you like it to be in the 90s and muggy and all that if you like the inside of a sauna you're gonna love today (laughs) i know it's like but this is where you really respect those individuals who get up to do a job outside you know um whether no matter what they do if you're a person that works outside during the day we most of us should respect you anyway because you're doing the work for you know like working on the roads Uh, working on the water pipes, things like that, that, you know, we take for granted. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, Mm. it just, you know, the older I get, the more I respect what young, in particular young people, what they'll do to um, take care of their family financially, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because the one thing we we did see during the COVID pandemic, um, a lot of people surrendered their freedom, you know, just without questioning it. And then started complaining. Yeah. You know, it's like, and there were those who found a way around it. I mean, you got two choices. You can sit back and complain and wait or figure out a way around it. And there were plenty of people who found a way to make a living, you know, during that time. I admire that. I admire Mm -hmm. people because, you know, the older you get, the more you'd look at young people and go, ah, they're just not like we used to do. (laughs) Well, you know what? Our parents and grandparents said that about us too. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. And. Brightly, so, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I look back at some of those years and think, wow. "Okay, there's a decade here where boy mm. i should I should not be allowed to remember those days, you know <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be some punishment, but anyway <laughs> you you know, mark, you were mentioning something a minute ago that we were we were talking about how politicians like talk over, you know, and you just yes. don't understand yeah, it, yeah, right, and one of the things is. Uh, about the second amendment and the right to carry uh, a pistol oh, yeah, yeah. just specifically alabama for a minute not right. any other state because every state is a little different right and you better know if you're traveling and you want to carry uh, your gun you better know the laws in the place you're headed or you might end up in the clink you know right yeah <clears throat> pardon me but anyway the um, thing in alabama um there's been a debate over uh, whether or not you should have to get a permit, uh, to conceal carry Mm. a pistol. Right. And, um, you know, that conceal carry is not just a matter of hiding it in your jacket, like uh, an undercover police officer. It's, it goes beyond that, but, um, you know, if you believe in the second amendment and the right of the people to keep and bear arms, which Mark and I both do, you know, that permit thing is a real sticking point. He's going, what right mm-hmm. do you have to to do this? What right does the government have to say you must get a permit to carry this firearm? Right. And it's a legitimate question. What right does the government have? And you said something before we went into the, uh, you know, during the music, you said that uh, it's just a way for them to make money. Mm, it is. Yeah, it's a fundraiser. And the, the thing is that they will
1: defend it by saying we've, you know, we've, uh, we've nailed down criminals because they weren't you know yeah. they didn't have a permit to carry and things like right. that and the, the the thing is that you're going to get every every piece of information you need from their driver's license because you're going to run right. the driver's license at a, at a traffic stop if
0: yeah. there's an
1: accident or something like that you're going to find you're going to run a plate on the car you're going to run mm-hmm. the driver's license. you get everything you need to know about that person from those two pieces yeah. th- those two pieces of identification you don't need the concealed carry what it boils down and, to is just a you know it's a way to keep a stack, the stack the snack bar stacked uh, stacked up is what and, it, you know, it is you know when you're
0: talking about the you know you're talking about the um running your driver's license well, you know now when they have those automatic readers that read the license plate yeah and so when you're in traffic you're sitting at a stop sign and there's a car a cop car behind you they're running your tag and they'll get mm-hmm. all the information to know um, that that tag is for that car yep that ta- and they'll know that car is you know, that it's LaDonna who owns it. Right. And uh, she, you know, these are the people that are insured to yeah. drive. It. I mean, they can get a lot of information without ever even stopping you. Right. And while I'm not a big fan of a lot of the encroachment on our freedoms, I'm mm. not. No. But I do have in the back of my head some common sense about me. And like when it comes to the permit thing, I are, you know, I argue with myself over that. Mm. The uh, shall carry, may carry, and or shall, like the sheriff, in Alabama, the sheriff in different kind they're all elected officials. They have right. a lot of power. Yeah. And when you get into issuing a permit for somebody to conceal, carry a firearm, um, I believe the second amendment gives us that right. And I believe, by the way, I don't think there should be a, a convicted felon thing either. You know, that if you're convicted, you're not allowed to carry. Um, thing is here's my quag mark. And maybe you can help me understand this because, uh, the one thing that if, if you, everybody could have a firearm, you know, a pistol and concealed carry without the permit, um, the permit actually allows the sheriff to know who you are. They know that Mark Congleton, that our sheriff's department is out at Mark and Jane's house every other week because he's a violent drunk. And when he does that, he and Jane get into a fight and she ends up having to bail him out of jail. Um, I know this guy has anger issues and even though he's never been arrested, never been convicted. We've had a lot of entanglement with him over the last 20 years. I really don't want him to have a concealed carry. I don't want him to be able to hide a gun on him, you know? And it that's where I come to is that you have this one little gap there that says, I know, I know you, you know, yeah. I know you. yeah, And no, I don't want you to have a gun. Right. And so, yeah, but you don't get that right because then they can say, well, I don't like Mark and Mac. I mm. don't think they're funny. They make, you know, and all of a sudden, now we can't carry because the guy doesn't like us. And that's, the, and that's the the
1: root of the objection to red flag laws right now, is that is that anybody can say, that guy's a problem. You need, you need to go right. get his guns. Yep. And that's what red flag laws are about. And uh, you want to talk about walking all over your Second Amendment rights, your Constitutional yep. rights. Now, granted, there are people who are problems. There are, yep. and we've watched them walk into schools here lately. And, but, and you know what's crazy about those people? They've all been on the radar. They've all had the police called on them. They've all been notified. They all know that these people are problem people. And yet still they managed to get into a school and Mm -hmm. shoot it up. Something should have been done. But, but just when, if you, if you put that into law, the red flag laws they're talking about now, do you really trust government officials enough to be honest about that?
0: I don't. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show, and you know Mark, every now and again, I mean this, I really do like to unhook from oh, the news media yeah. and the coverage of. I mean, really, I do. It, it's helpful and healthy, and I encourage you know everyone to do it occasionally and just really, you know, just tune in, just listen to your favorite Christian music or any music, just listen to your favorite music, your favorite artist, you know, Mm -hmm. and just chill. Yep. I'm now for us, the preference is Christian music, you know, and it's not because it's all religious. It's because it's powerful and, you know, oh my gosh, I think of how some of the songs over the years have really impacted the -hmm. way I see things. And, you know, anyway, yeah. But i agree sometimes you got to take that step back you know?
1: i agree really, I, and i've said it really here several enjoy. times you, you turn the news off for a while get off social media for a while i mean if you it's if mostly you, lies anyway. i tell you what you you should make it a challenge for the summer this would be this would be an amazing family challenge for a summer and okay. that would be a social media free summer where okay. nobody is on facebook twitter instagram or or TikTok or anything just get the whole family off of social media for the summer and see what a difference it makes for everybody in your family because wow there's so much garbage and i, you know, I mm-hmm. sound like i sound like my dad that's just garbage you know this there's so much junk on all that it's filling your brain i mean go you go everywhere today everywhere you and you know this is true because we've talked about this before you go to a restaurant you go with your wife and have a bite to eat you look around and every single table at least one person is is stuck to their phone the, their phone is up right. in their face they're looking at their phone they're they're not communicating with each other they're not talking to each other they're using their phones as babysitting devices you know mm-hmm. they're all of a instead of teaching their children how to behave in public and how this is how we behave in a restaurant instead of instead <laughs> of using those as teaching moments they're just saying eh, put on whatever they enjoy and just let them get absorbed in that and we can have our conversation and <laughs> wow what is that doing to our families so just that's not even thinking about the content that's out there the junk that's out there uh, right now we have an issue with young people particularly young ladies who have self-image issues because social media is telling them they should look a certain way, and they don't. And so we have young ladies who are either starving themselves or wanting to get certain surgeries, or they're they're using tons of makeup, or they're doing things, they're dressing certain ways because all of their icons on social media are telling them this is the way to be. And that's not who they are. So they're all being programmed to believe a a lie about life in general and them specifically just because they're on social media (laughs) 24-7. Go without it for a summer and see what changes in your life. I think think it would be a great thing for a family to do. I'm getting my dog off social media today. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Life Radio dot fm mark and mac show and you know mark yeah i saw this uh headline u.s tourist has eight hundred fifty thousand dollars and a, a watch mm-hmm. now is it cash and a watch no or is it's, it, it's a, a it's a, a watch worth eight hundred fifty yeah, thousand dollars
1: it's worth a retail okay. retail one million of course you never pay retail for okay. stuff like that but it's, it's sure. a million dollar watch got snatched outside of a, a hotel in barcelona wow. And and that's the whole thing. It's the price. Here's the story. Police are hunting four men after a wealthy American tourist was mugged for his 850,000 Hublot black caviar bang watch made of black diamonds outside of his Ah. five-star hotel in Barcelona. He told the police the timepiece was snatched off his wrist just after 2 p.m. Tuesday near a five-star Mercer hotel where he is believed to have been staying. The watch has been identified as a Swiss-made Hublot. With, with unconfirmed local reports saying it's a black caviar bang which features hundreds of precision cut black diamonds the limited edition timepiece has a million dollar price tag in the states and it takes over two thousand hours to finish from the design stage the regional um, police force said that they've they're unable to confirm what type the watch had been taken, but a spokesman says, "I can confirm we are investigating the violent theft of a designer watch worth eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars following a complaint from a tourist. The person who reported the crime said he was surrounded by a gang of muggers who snatched the
0: watch off his wrist." Well, I mean, you know, Mark, <laughs> you ever wonder how a fool and his money get together to start I, with? Yeah, I apparently
1: they they wear it in public and get it stolen. You know, I mean, it's, yep. it's just. I've had some watches in my day. I got I got into a watch thing for a while where I I wanted to these nice watches, these big with the big faces and the they're just gorgeous yeah. gorgeous watches and I would find the knockoffs. I wouldn't buy the originals cuz I'm not spending mm-hmm. thousands of dollars on a watch. But holy cow. Mm-hmm. 850 grand for one thing on that's hanging off of your wrist. You yep. walking around with it. Man. I I I no. <laughs>
0: I wanted one of those watches that's like Dick Tracy, you know, with the, the right. you know, you I can do the can the video call with my iPhone. I want it on my mm-hmm. wrist. You know, yeah. I want to, I think that would be cool where oh, Chief, how you doing you know? Yeah, yeah. And you and I could talk driving on the road, right. what time is it? I don't know, Mark's talking to me. You know? <laughs> that would be cool to me. Well, the Apple watch is really,
1: really close to that. I mean, you can actually yeah. use it as a remote viewfinder for the for the camera on your phone. So you can set your phone up someplace and look at the screen of your watch and see what the camera on your phone is looking at. Hmm. So it's just a matter – I mean, how far – how close is it? I mean, look at – you. if you can do that, why can't you do a, a FaceTime call on your wrist? Why not?
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. There's, as soon as we have that, mm-hmm. Dave's in. Woo-hoo. As soon – well, depending on the – I'm not paying $150,000, you know. No. I would like no. to have – I don't like watches on my arms. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, if if
1: you're – if you're a person that doesn't like watches, then the phone is perfect for you anyway, because you just pull it out and the time shows
0: right there. So there you go. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And, you know, Mark, I enjoy doing the show every day with you. I learn things. Uh, you challenge me. You're funny. Just don't tell you that enough. And I just want uh, to tell you that. I appreciate you. I like doing the show well, with you. Always well, thank have. thank you. I appreciate you as well, um, and I'll get that $20 that.
1: Hey, to you as soon as I can.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you put the headline here. It says three geniuses arrested for doing burnouts in front of a police station. You know, yeah. there are certain things in life that I've never understood, yeah. and this is one of them. I've never understood the desire to push a vehicle, you know, mm-hmm. in such a way that all you're going to do is cost yourself money. You know, it's like, have you priced I tires? Just, Come on. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, it's just never made sense. And yeah. I've always wondered why does this thrill you? I yeah. mean, look, my, you know, this is one of these old, you know, Hey mm-hmm. y'all watch this.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, in a way get it because I'm a car guy. Okay. I, I get it. All right. Producing that gigantic cloud of smoke and you know, all that, I get it. it. It's, it's a thrill factor thing. But these guys? Ah. <laughs> Tickets for hazardous moving violations are up 680% in Dearborn, Michigan in the last five months since Issa Sahin, a 24-year veteran of the Dearborn Police Department, took over as the chief. He's serious about getting tough on reckless driving, and his department was in the news with a related story as recently as June 1st for impounding a Mustang with a hideous paint job. That was doing donuts in the middle of traffic. Well, this week, a brazen trio of reckless drivers caught the chief's attention for performing burnouts in the dumbest possible place, right in front of the police station, with security wow. cameras dotting the perimeter. Stop for a moment <laughs> and think about the potential brain malfunctions that caused this, that resulted in this decision. <laughs> Shaheen <laughs> told the news When this happened, I was in my office and I could hear the sounds and So were some of my other members of my department. I literally looked out my window and saw these kids doing the burnout right in front of the police station. Well, the police, the chief bolted outside to grab the offenders license plate numbers and saw passengers hanging out the window, taunting him and anyone within range. Officers quickly tracked down and arrested three people associated with the incident, then impounded all three vehicles and two of them were ended ended up being forfeited to the police a <laughs> boy, genius!
0: Yeah. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show, and you know, uh, off the year earlier, Mark, we were talking about our dogs. You know, yeah, know yeah. That you're talking about how Kimber might not be seeing right as good as she used. I think to. she's losing her eyesight. Yeah. And but you mentioned the dogs have a tougher time seeing things up close than they do further away, right? Oh, right? well, their eyes are set so far apart, and a lot
1: of times they have yeah. a snout in between their eyes. You know, it's just <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> they have trouble seeing stuff up close. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's what. Yeah, yeah. I Hank has been such an adventure for us. Yeah, uh, the bulldog because we've always had the little yippy ones. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, little ankle butchers, either a weenie yeah. dog or a chihuahua. That's what we've had. Right, and. Now with this big, playful, <laughs> nearly 100 pounds of bulldog, you know, and oh, my goodness, dude. It's, I told LaDonna, I said, you know what? You need to get used to Hank because this is me in 10 years. He's fat. He's lazy. He just burps and poots all day long. That's all he does. and, and that's, it's, You just described my day. Um. I know, but that's what I'm saying. He's a dog, but he's like, and he snores. I'm like, this is, it's like living with an old man. (laughs) And, you know, anyway, so there's a, uh, there's a story popping about uh, out of one of our favorite retail establishments. Dollar general. (laughs) And I've decided to turn my garage into a dollar general before somebody else (laughs) in the neighborhood gets the idea, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: police in Florida were summoned to a store when a giant dog wandered in into the business, browsed for a few hours and then refused to leave at closing time. The Bradenton Police Department said this giant dog, a 135-pound canine, wandered into the Dollar General store in Bradenton and employees initially decided to let him go. and Just let him go about his business because he wasn't disturbing any merchandise or other customers. The employees called the cops at closing time because the dog had been inside the store for several hours and was showing no sign of leaving police shared body camera footage of on facebook showing police escorting the dog out of the store the department said police were able to identify the dog as a canine named bentley and reunited the pet with his owner the post says bentley's dad realized he was missing and was grateful that the store
0: and officers looked after him wow i'm a little disturbed at allowing a dog with no ownership hours and i mean you're talking for yeah. me or you it'd probably be minutes a couple of minutes in mm. the store if he ain't out we're right. doing something to get him out i mean yeah but okay but you've got doors that are always being open and closed right. I mean, unless you get him a really away he's not gonna be leaving yeah every time somebody walks in the door he's right back in there yeah. with them.
1: right yeah. the dollar General, kind of funny the dollar general near my house there's there's i guess about half the time there's this dog this mixed breed dog to you, you it's one of these dogs that has got so many different colors and swatches and splotches and stuff on it you look at it and go what kind of dog is this you know
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this dog is always hanging out outside and it's really friendly it's a sweet dog but you can tell and and the the cashiers in there have a name for it and i can't remember the name for it but they call it by name it doesn't have a collar but they've named it you know and i and that dog hangs out there enough that they've given it a name and they keep an eye out for it i bet that dog has been inside that door more times than you can count
0: you know liferadio.fm it is the mark and max show and boy mark you and i both have kind of been dragging our feet today mm-hmm. because we know when the show's over we have to go outside and, you know it's like go outside and play or something and what can i
1: do inside it's like yesterday I after i got done i said i think i'll, re- I'll rewire my mic boom <laughs> <You know>? yeah <laughs> soldering uh, things back together again
0: <laughs> man i'm
1: not going outside
0: so I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to think what can i do that actually yeah. you know Cause I'm too lazy to do anything really productive, but it's so, (laughs) I I just, yikes. Yep. It's like, I just remember that summer that, um, my sister and I were bored with summer after, I mean, you know, when you're in that age where Uh you're not old enough to go out by yourself and play mom still has to be there. And I had twin brothers that are six years younger than me. So they're hit this and it was like third grade. That's at this age where you're just too young to really be on your own but too old to just, you know, be babied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got bored, and after about, I don't know how many days, okay, it could have been three, it could have been ten, I don't know. But at some point, my mom announced, uh, you two are going to summer school. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I'm not kidding, it was like, what? That's awesome. Wait, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like, in third grade, and it's like, but. What are you going to do to me? I mean, I straight A's. <laughs> and they're like, "Nope, you're in 5th grade now. You're doing 5th grade work for the summer." <laughs> wow. I mean, that's what they did. It was like, "Oh my goodness, man." Wow. It just Yeah, at a certain point you just kind of look at yourself and go, "I deserve this. Mm-hmm. This is all on me, man." Wow. There, you know, yeah. So. I remember going to summer camp one year
1: one year right, and we've talked about summer camps not long ago but i remember going to summer camp one year and i remember thinking god when will we get there it's so far out in the woods it's just ridiculous (laughs) it's crazy and i and the the only thing i can really remember from that week is you know when they teach you how to weave that stuff that you make lanyards and things like that You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of this stuff anyway. That's what I remember from the week. That and how far this place was out (laughs) in the country, right? That's what I remember. Yeah. And now I drive by that place, and there's houses built up all all around it. There's (laughs) subdivisions all next to it and everything. It used to be out in the middle of nowhere, and now it's in the suburbs. It's just – And it's it's not a camp anymore. There's just a lake with a pavilion and a big fountain
0: out in the middle of it, you know. (laughs) let's <laughs> well, see so, you know a couple of weeks ago when you and i were talking about meatballs for some reason yeah, yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter and i was talking to Ladonna about it she goes dave i can't imagine you know because you had the kids that were the weekly guys that went home on the weekend and you had the other ones that were there all summer yeah and, and meatballs they were at this summer camp so long that they actually had parents weekend in the middle of it yeah, you know yeah and it's like I can't, I mean, the longest I ever got to go was probably for four or five days, you know, Mm -hmm. one of those camps. But that's what we were like. Would we, as parents, could we, you know, do Uh that? Well, it reminded me that uh, Chris Farley, him and his brothers, once they hit a certain age, they were allowed to go to a camp like that where they spent the summer. And, you know, they were talking about they would go, they learned to water ski and they put on a play. And it was like this, it was a big deal. I thought. Now that would be cool. That mm-hmm. would be cool to do. Yeah, there were uh, not that I want to run a camp like that, but it would
1: be a cool thing to send the kids. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the movie Caddyshack basically came out of two guys' summer experiences as kids <laughs> working as caddies. At a, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So wow. there was always something for us to do in the summertime. I mean, I just and nowadays, yeah. nowadays, yeah, can you imagine parents sending uh, their kids off to something like that? Yep pack your oh, inhaler okay. okay here's a case of inhalers right. you know
0: it's just wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would well be that weird. and you know it's funny because you know braylon my my grandson right, is yeah. seven and he is an outdoor kid he is not an indoor kid mm. most kids now are indoor kids yeah. because they're not allowed to go play yeah and so they have adopted they've adapted their lifestyle to playing video games mm-hmm. and doing things that are indoorsy mm. and Braylon's not that guy braylon gets up and bought as he's walking down the stairs with his bedhead, because he spends he spends Friday night with us. Okay, he's coming on Saturday morning with bedhead rocks in, and he's got sleep rocks in his eyes. And he's Papa, where's the hammer? What do you mean, where's the hammer? It's like he already in the time that he woke up and can he developed an entire plan for what we were doing that day. He's
1: dreaming about it all night. Woke
0: up. Yes. <laughs> where's my hammer,
1: Papa? I, I, Braylon, be hammer. Af- be afraid. Anytime a kid yes. wakes up and asks you for a hammer, you should be afraid. <laughs> and
0: he <laughs> wait, a minute, wait a minute. Mark and Mac are back.
1: The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on life radio.fm. <laughs>